Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host, producer Dylan, joined by two guys with tired jaws after a weekend of giving each other roadhead all the way to and from St. Louis. First, betting his life savings on Taiwan to, li- to win the Little League World Series. Doug McDermott denier and bad UFC betting advice giver, Colin. Good evening. Finally, still chasing after the homeless man who stole all of his groceries for the week, Carlos O'Kelly's diner and Josh McRoberts' superfan, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, so we are recording this on Tuesday, August 22nd. This is going to kind of be our college football preview show, although we might hit up a little bit of baseball in the news segment. Uh, with that being said, let's jump right to the pregame where I pick out little news tidbits from the week uh, related to the sports world and sometimes particularly related to uh, some of our sports allegiances or things we hate or maybe like. Uh, so let's start with a, a positive one. Uh, there's not a lot of those this week. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, you may have heard, hit uh, for the Seattle Mariners, hit 17 hits, sorry, 17 hits in four games, breaking the previous MLB record of hits over four games, which was like 16 in the 1920s. Uh, some of those were against the Astros, as I think they got swept by the Astros, and that was painful to watch. Sounds like they, so. saying they swept the Astros? Or yeah, they, got swept uh, by the Astros? They, they at least got two out of three. I want to say they got all three. Sounds okay. pretty yeah, sick to sounds, me. That, that sounds delightful to watch, as a matter yeah. of fact. I'm, but, I'm uh, bummed I missed it. Uh, he, oh, fuck! I heard this. Uh, I heard the statistic on the radio this morning that he had more hits than uh, the same amount of hits as the Blue Jays over that four-game period. More the than the Red too, Sox. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I stepped on it. <laughs> no, you're good. More than the Red Sox. I didn't know the Yankees won. And then, did he have more? Was it more than the White Sox over that period as well? Or it might have been <laughs> Maybe, another, another I'm not team. sure. I only saw the Yankees. Just that I saw specifically the stat about the Yankees and yeah. none of the other ones. But yeah, yeah we saw the a different fun fact stacked for the White Sox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good old Jay Kuda, Dylan. You might have seen it too, but uh... no, I missed that one. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I can pull it up in just a second here. He said, White Sox have allowed 44-plus runs in two totally separate four-game spans this season. Very exciting. <laughs> the last time this happened was the Rockies in 2019. Before that, which was because Coors Field is a run-scoring factory, it was the Rangers in 2008. Nice. So the Sox, three times in 14 years, has a team shit their pants that hard over four games twice in a season. I mean – the Astros like within that series like just pissed away the the little bit of a lead they had in the wild card and division not not a lead in the division because they're still behind the Rangers but it was amazing how quickly all of that can just go poof when you're playing a team in your own division but uh, uh, speaking of Jay Kuda I'm sure he'll have some comments on this uh, Sam let me know that uh, about an hour ago, maybe two hours ago, the White Sox have officially fired their general manager, Rick Hahn, effective immediately. Sam? Yes, sir, and not just Rick Hahn, which is a very big deal, don't get me wrong, but also Rick Hahn's boss, Kenny Williams, has been with the organization even longer than Hahn, who's been with the org himself since like 2000 or something like that, and he's been the GM so, and allegedly the acting figurehead of the front office for 
about, I think, 11 years of 2012 he took over. I don't know. But th- that shit was murkier than, than it should have been. It, it, it was never really clear entirely who was in charge, even, even though Rick Hahn did sort of take over that alpha role outwardly uh, in the roster management. Obviously, the team has mostly sucked through both of their tenures with the one <laughs> fluke World Series in 05. And Han had the fans behind him, myself included, come 2016 when he said, we need to blow this thing up and tear it down and, and like, build from the bottom up to build a contender. I agreed, and it looked, you know, like he had that process down. But he, he, he just, you know, he fucking blew it. Honestly, he didn't put together a good team um, in that opportunity. And it, it, it took some serious fucking embarrassment for this to happen. That's that's how it goes with, with Jerry Reinsdorf franchises. He has a lot of loyalty to his stooges, and it, it, there's a lot of egg on the White Sox face that has, has resulted in this. But I got I got a little off, off a tangent here, but I wanted to point out with the murkiness between Kenny and Rick as recently as this season. So <clears throat> I may have even addressed this on the pod before. I can't remember. At the deadline, um, we traded Jake Berger to the Marlins. And the Marlins GM, Kim Ng, was, like, talking about it to the media about the trade and saying, you know, we were looking at different options, blah, blah, blah. And we, we started to feel the urgency that we needed to get this deal done. So I called Kenny Williams, and we got it done. And that's just, like, an off-handed comment. But that's a, that that is just, like, very explicitly saying, you know, what, what is Rick Hahn even fucking doing here? This also is not me defending Rick Hahn. But it just shows what a mess the Sox have been organizationally and why there's no accountability to be found any at any level of the organization. Um, and, and that's just kind of another example. Nobody knows who, who the hell's in charge. Has, has it been Kenny the whole time? And he just sends Rick to the press to, to sort of take all the heat for him. Uh, man, I'm, I, I'm having a hard time even putting my thoughts together. It's so recent, and I really didn't expect it to happen, at least mid-season. I'm honestly shocked like that this shit I mean, just happened tonight. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, Consider, I mean, maybe they wanted him to go through all, like, trading away all of the pieces that were worth anything, and then said, hey, you, you've fulfilled your purpose. Now uh, yeah. float down, float on down the river with the rest of the bums in this organization. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in fairness, yeah, he did do a decent job of that. I guess if there was one thing he proved competent at, was <laughs> it was trading away stars and getting high-rated prospects. Although how they panned out, maybe not always perfect. Um, dude, I, I, I'm not surprised it wasn't sooner though. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf, as as you know, he owns the Sox, he owns the Bulls, Gar Foreman and John Paxson kind of a similar story there it's really not exactly identical but i mean it's another two-headed snake of a front office that's tenured for like well over a decade i believe um and just doesn't see much success at any point or sustain anything show any coherent direction um and just continues to be allowed to run it back and try to try again uh, it, it took the Jim Boylan embarrassment <laughs> for Garpax to go, and it, and it, and it, it truly had to get to a, the point of the team being a fucking laughing stock, which the Sox have achieved this year. That's what it took, and I guess here we are. I thought maybe it would happen in the offseason, but I thought that was still optimistic to expect. I'm, the, I'm a little floored. Are the White Sox going to install a time clock, a punch <laughs> clock? 
I can only boil it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see who they hire. Probably won't matter to any of us other than Sam, except Sam will. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's the White Sox. What are they going to do anyway? Uh, yeah, I, I make a, I, make one wild card appearance in like ten years. Uh huh. I said to I think in a group chat with uh, with Colin tonight that I, I'm excited to see who the Arturis Karnishevis of the White Sox is going to be. Because Dylan, I don't know how familiar you are. You are by name, but that's the motherfucker that the Bulls hired to take over the reins, and he has run the team into the ground in like three years. He's he's been a, it's it's been horrible. He, he's all nah, man. He's long so, counting the league. So it's just uh, I, it doesn't give me all all the faith in the world that the Sox are gonna fucking nail it. The, to me, the, this just legitimizes honestly to me the rumor that he might be selling. And I also will say. I don't know if you were going to cover this. I'm not worried about, no, I about that. the team locate, relocating. I don't think it, it makes sense from a number of angles. I don't think that's going to happen even if he sells. I, don't, I think it'll be bought by somebody who will keep the team there. But the, I mean, uh, the future Nashville Bachelorettes. <laughs> I doubt it, man. I think it's more <laughs> lucrative to be the second team in Chicago than do, than do that. And they'd be third in line at best to relocate behind the A's and the Rays. So. <laughs> they could have, they could put like that wing mural that people wait in line for on the back of their jerseys. And then they're, they're bat. We, we discussed this in the group chat. Their batting helmets could be like pink cowboy hats. <laughs> I've already got this planned out. Uh, Jerry, hire me. I'll move to Nashville. I'll be your <laughs> brand, your brand manager. You'll get about 20 years of leash before you go. You're going to have to pay for anything you fuck up. That's all I need. <laughs> um, moving on from baseball into college football, which we'll talk a lot more about tonight. Uh, this is kind of a follow-up from the last week and, and uh, some other prior weeks. Iowa State running back Jarrell Brock. I think it's Jarrell. Jarrell probably sounds right. Jarrell Brock leaves team after gambling charge. Uh so we're already starting to see the dominoes fall. It's uh, speculative if uh, he was told to leave, not because he was kicked off the team, but because they said, like, hey, if you get into the portal at some point, things can only get better for you than sticking around in Iowa waiting for an investigation. So uh, those things are starting to happen, and gambling is going to continue to ruin college football, despite what Colin may think. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because gambling's the number one concern for ruining college football at the moment. Uh, it's not number one, but we are going to get to that after uh, after a tweet or an X or whatever uh, of Air Force referencing the bombing of Tokyo and its alternate uniform reveal on Twitter. And just to be clear, it's the bombing of Tokyo in retaliation to Pearl Harbor, so it's cool. But it is kind of an odd thing to go after <laughs> sir i believe all of those bombings were done by dolphins and whales what? That was not that was not the u.s air force it was uh, dolphins and whales that did it i don't get the reference because i don't get the reference it's not that funny <laughs> sam gets it it's south park oh yeah great hey that is the highest form of tv media like I said, it's not – they're allowed to do this, but it was also kind of just weird. Oh, it's – it's, it's For a it's, jersey it's, reveal. Dude, it's tasteless but hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just sort of sitting there going, it's not the big ones though, guys. Like, it's not that bad. It's just 
it was only maybe a couple thousand rather than a you know a couple oh, hundred I mean, thousand like said, guys. It was in retaliation to Pearl Harbor, so they had it coming. But also, I guess it, like I said, it's just a very weird way to reveal your uniform. A very it, weird one to commemorate. Yeah, it'd be like if like like the Jets if they had like an alternate jersey and they like memorialized oh the Twin Towers with it. <laughs> And it's like Jeez. never for it's like just never forget and then never a, forget. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it's just like it's just and then it's Brees Hall. It is Brees Hall in some nondescript concrete gray jersey because that's what all the alternate jersey colors are now. It's like never forget and just God. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Aaron, I'm gonna about to DM Aaron Rodgers and be like, "Hey, can you get me in charge here? Or get me uh, in contact with your guys to make some decisions up there on design." Just and show how Rodgers will do it. He's just gonna insist on sneaking some truth or bullshit in with it. Just He's like just gonna no. What he'll do is he'll go. There's no. You can't have planes on it though because it's an inside job. That's what he'd say. <laughs> He's George Bush. The George W. Bush has to be pictured on the jersey. <laughs> oh, my oh my god, the helmet's just the the picture of him being told while he's reading the no. book. <laughs> My God, that or that's the final score graphic if they lose wearing those jerseys. <laughs> oh my God, go uh, go go nine of eleven for sixty nine yards in the first half. Oh. Uh, okay, uh, but then getting back to the money and TV and things that Colin were alluding to as ruining college football. Uh, do you guys know, just off the top of your head, what the week zero, that's this week, that's this weekend, this is Saturday, uh, the week zero ESPN primetime game is going to be, Colin? I do. It's, what, it's UMass, New Mexico State, right? Yes, because yeah. of TV deals, uh, USC, number six USC? Yeah, number six USC mm-hmm. has been relegated to the Pac-12 network, so it could be watched by all 25 people who still pay for the Pac-12 network. Dude, imagine paying for the Pac-12 network before USC and and someone else announced they were leaving, and you're just like, oh, fuck, I want a refund. Hey, it'd be a great deal if you're a a Cal or a Stanford fan or an Oregon (laughs) State, you know, those teams that are going to be left alone to the Pac-4. You get, to, you get to watch your team all the time. <laughs> they make them play three times a week to fill the schedules. So. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a. Have you guys seen that website, the Pack Four website? It's basically no. that. Uh, yeah, there, there's a website, Pack Four dot com. It's the Pack Four Conference. Um, it's like, yeah, you're, uh, there, here's some, here's some of the clips from the uh, from the website. See the Pac-4 in action. Year after year, these NCAA teams provide some of the athletic action you would expect to see from an athletic conference. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then they have some really poor pictures. And it's just, it's like, there's an explanation of what their, uh, what their, what their schedule would be. And it basically, unfortunately, it basically looks like the XFL schedule where you only have like eight teams. So they, yeah, it's a double round Robin. (laughs) But, oh, 
but on the so instead you can watch UMass uh, and New Mexico State, two of the objectively worst programs in college football on ESPN primetime this coming Saturday. That's the good stuff, though. Uh, Colin, we'll, we'll talk betting again this week at the end, but did you put money, are you putting money on UMass, New Mexico State? I sure am not. I don't okay. think I'm touching any week zero lines, but I do have some other stuff lined up. I wonder if they have a line for viewership numbers, because I would take the under. Which game gets more viewers, the Pac-12 one or the <laughs> fucking ESPN primetime? <laughs> Well, actually, you know, I will. I have a prior engagement at a bar that night, so if it might still be on by the time I get there, actually, might, you know, I might be watching a little bit of UMass New Mexico State because I almost guarantee whatever bar I'm going to is not going to have the Pac-12 network, or if they are, if they do, they're not going to they're not going to have USC on it. But, That's right. Uh, you just tell some random person at the bar, be like, "I got a thousand dollars on this game," and it's just. <laughs> God awful UMass New Mexico State, and they're just like, going, "What the fuck am I sitting <laughs> next to?" I have the over. <laughs> I uh, bet this guy. I bet this game in five parlays. Just <laughs> I took a same game parlay. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, on that same topic, it is being reported. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. But it is being reported that the Big Ten and the SEC are pretty much warning the Big 12 to not get in the way of however those two other conferences want to adjust the college football playoff. Otherwise, they risk turning into the next Pack 4 So we're, we're, we're getting to the point now where allegedly, like I said, this is all unnamed sources, but it is being reported by uh, multiple sources that I would say are trustworthy ESPN is not out with it yet, but they have to wait a little longer before they could come out with something like this. But uh, yeah, so you've already got the big two conferences, the the power two conferences, if you will, uh, trying to strong arm like the middle conference into a, Hey, don't get in the way of just vote with us on the playoff. Unless you want us to like basically shit down your neck and turn you into the pack four. We'll take your teams. We'll make a thirty. We'll make two thirty-two team uh, conferences, and the Big Twelve won't be one of them. God, that shit's gonna just suck when it get, inevitably gets to that shit. Uh, that that'll truly be the close to the end. Is when they have like fucking full NFL type roster or team equivalents for one conference. I mean, you could do that and just have uh, your national championship game be uh, the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? The the North, instead of the instead of the AFC and the NFC, you'd have, like, college football North and college football South, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <clears throat> yeah. Bummer <laughs> shit. Bummer shit right now. Not loving, uh, loving the idea of that coming to fruition. Uh, but just just wait, just wait. We get to talk about this for uh, we get to talk about this final season, and we get to talk about uh, next year all of the shittiness, and hopefully, hopefully not so uh, so poorly all around. But let's move on out of the pregame into something we like to call slow pitch, fast pitch, where I come up with takes uh, that I give each of my co-hosts. One uh, one co-host gets. The slow pitch, which is supposed to be an easier buy, an easier take, and the other gets the fast pitch, which is supposed to be a hotter take. Uh, the other one has to blind react to it. 
So let's get going with the slow pitch. This is supposed to be the easier take. Uh, despite being touted by many as the end of college football as we know it, or college football's last dance, the 2023 season is going to end up being a massive disappointment. Sam? Um, uh, this, this is a bit of a, uh, of a loaded one, but I honestly am inclined to go ahead and sell it and say, and you know what, fuck it. Like, I... I I don't think it's going to be an enormous disappointment, but to me, maybe it's just a, a difference in expectation because I I, I will miss obviously the, the the Big Twelve and as is and OU being in it, shit like that, um, and you know USC and UCLA being where they belong in the Pac-12, everything like that. I guess if people are expecting this season to just be like some sort of incredible swan song for like for the specific parts of college football that are getting fucked with after this season then it will probably be a disappointment because realistically i don't see ou or texas being that special this season i mean they're gonna probably be good but not doing anything crazy same honestly with usc and ucla i think they're gonna run into the same problems they always do uh I think this this season is going to be exciting from a number of factors, such as just like that, you know, we saw Georgia graduate Stetson Bennett finally, um, and obviously phase out even more good defenders. Although it looks like they are probably just going to replace them all, um, but we've seen you know Bryce Young went pro, so Alabama's going to have a new quarterback. Ohio State's going to have a new quarterback. Um, Caleb Williams is maybe the most like you know incumbent. Uh, he already is really the incumbent, clear Heisman favorite, and all that. And actually, uh, I have but, I have something about that for later. So don't let me forget. Okay, but USC. I mean, obviously, I think we all probably would agree have a ceiling that's probably not a national championship um, against whatever's going to be the best of the Big Ten and SEC groups this year. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the season. I, I'm hesitant to want to say it's going to be a massive disappointment when we're also sitting here talking about, hey, what are we betting on for week zero? <laughs> Fucking mid-majors and shit like that. I mean, we're all excited. It's going to be it's going to be a good ride. Um, so I don't necessarily think it'll be a disappointment. I buy into the disappointment of, like, what it represents, I guess, like moving forward. I think more so future seasons will be a disappointment. I'm kind of going to cherish this one, really. I, I guess maybe that that sets me up to be disappointed, and I just don't get it yet. Who knows? Well, here's a couple things that are going to ruin it for me, uh, potentially. You know, not obviously, but but uh, we'll put a damper on some of the fun. Nebraska? Um, no, no, not even. <laughs> just in general. We're, we'll get to that story-wise, but there's a lot of hope for Nebraska potentially making <laughs> yeah. a bowl under Matt Rule, you know? Uh, but uh, so that's actually not one of them. He's in a position to maybe set them up well for whatever's going to come in the Big Ten. But no, so it, it just seems no, no matter who you talk to, no matter who you listen to, Georgia is it's, it's already like a, a foregone conclusion that Georgia's going to win the whole thing. And to me, that takes a little bit out of it. You know, in past years, you've had, oh, yeah, Alabama's going to win it all. But then they go drop a game and it seems they, they didn't seem as unbeatable in the media at least as this Georgia team does uh so that's just the SEC then you move over into the Pac-12 where you know you said USC has a ceiling but also who's going to contend with USC in the Pac-12 Utah uh after uh, losing some pieces they still have Cam Rising but losing other important pieces uh (laughs) 
what? Oh, yeah, he's going to be your bum of the week every week this week, or uh, this year, <laughs> this season. Uh, uh, probably he is, not. A, he is a friend of the pod. <laughs> in yeah. my eyes. Uh, on, a, on a personal note, like OU, I feel like is going to be disappointing uh, after what we've been spoiled with, so that's kind of a, a poor end, I think, to their Big 12 tenure. Uh, before they move into the SEC. And then you have the Big Ten, which is split. Uh, the Big Ten West uh, is going to be very competitive, but a lot of teams are down this year. So what is potentially the last year of the Big Ten West, I think is going to be disappointing. Um, you know, you have a Wisconsin that people are high on, but I think they're going to be down. Um, obviously, Nebraska's down. An Iowa team that got, like, a 7-5 and five Iowa could win this whole thing. <laughs> And then on the, on the other side, not if their yeah, players are betting against them. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, on, on the East, you have, uh, you know, Michigan seems like far and away the most complete team. Cause you have a lot of questions on Ohio state, Penn state's, uh, I don't know. It just seems like there's lots of disappointment. You don't get some of the, I don't know. I don't want to say the big storylines. It just seems like, all te- every team except for a few are all kind of just meh this year, and I'm worried that it's going to be like that every single year after uh, after all the conference realignment happens in 2024. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's somewhat cyclical. Like, I, I don't, I I agree. There's not a lot of like standout um, teams this year in, in general to, to feel like they would compete with Georgia specifically, but I also don't buy that necessarily that George is the foregone conclusion to three-peat. I understand how, how they've obviously dominated the last two seasons, and it certainly looks like, like it's not crazy to say they could do it again. But, you know, they are they are losing their extremely experienced quarterback. Like, you probably know. I don't know off the top of my head who, who's going to – who's starting at quarterback for Georgia. Like, that's why I have a hard time saying it'd be a foregone conclusion. They're going to stomp, like – their their OC got well, hired away, right? Like their their offense is is a question mark. Like they, and then Jalen Carter's gone. I mean, obviously they're gonna have more talent on defense, but they're graduating or they're, they're sending Ringo to the pros, Carter to the pros. Um, I, I'm sure other guys who I'm not thinking of right off the top of my head, probably from their defense this year as well. And I mean, I I think it's it's up there for it's completely up for grabs this yeah. year yeah you, you gotta will... believe though if stetson bennett can do it then carson beck can i mean i'm sure he's whether or not he's as knowledgeable and you know poised in the pocket or whatever he's got to be more talented than stetson bennett at the very least yeah i mean maybe he probably is i'm not saying it you know he couldn't get carried to a, a title or even potentially be an upgrade on bennett but it's it's far from a guarantee and like i think somewhat short sells how good Ben, it was by the end of his career. Like he's in a good situation, but you know, I, to a degree, I mean, George's receivers are not, you know, Jalen Carter and Nakobe Dean. All these, all these guys are the, that really have made Georgia incredibly special are on the defense, and the offense has still been pretty damn good with uh, without a whole ton of crazy like receiver talent or necessarily like NFL, you know, O line talent. Really good running backs at Georgia, but I mean, I, I think you're short selling Bennett a little bit here um, and i think that georgia fans might learn that as well if they feel the same way this yeah season. i feel like there's up. been like immediate revisionist history towards <laughs> bennett like as soon as he got drafted and shit maybe that's just because i think uh what jacob said he was gonna be probably a fucking locker room cancer to uh us in our group 
a while back after he got drafted. Yeah, no, I, I feel like they're just I he his accomplishments got downplayed. And it's like, yeah, that that those teams that he was on were very good. But you still have to be capable as he was. And he's shown that he was pretty decent in his preseason shit so far. So it's just like I don't know, I feel like a lot of people as soon as he was gone just said he was he was no like nothing for like contribution wise for him so that yeah but but them being neg 104 to win the title at least from what i'm seeing i think is insane oh, i would never t- well it's the same and thing I know, with, I, oh it's the same ahead. thing with caleb, caleb williams is plus 500 on the heisman that's terrible value and i'll tell you why later in the later in the episode okay uh but like i mean Taking any neg 104 team to win a title that involves having to play a season with as much turnover as they've had is insane to me. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just think there's so many question marks that could lead to so much interesting chaos this year um, that the season shouldn't be, you know, that much of a bummer. It just sort of depends on how you view it. Like, from an OU aspect, I think we're going to put up not like a total dog shit season, but like a bummer of a final season in the Big Twelve. Like I hate that in my eyes we're probably Eight, not gonna wins. win the you know, we're not gonna win the Big Twelve on our way out when we've just been dominant. So it's like it, it, it leaves a sour note on our end at the Big Twelve. So but otherwise like I think the season will be just fine. Everyone like, you know, I, I think there will be yes, yeah, some just cherishing of some of the bits that that's gonna happen, but I mean I don't. I don't think it'll be a letdown of a season or a disappointment or whatever the exact phrasing you said there. I think it won't be like yeah, magical one last ride. But I don't think the season will be disappointing. If you're expecting one last ride, I feel like you're sort of a fucking idiot. Um, especially with how many big programs had quarterback turnover in the off season. Bama, Bama, like three of the uh, three of like the top six teams are had turnover. So. Bama, Georgia, Ohio State are all with different quarterbacks. So, I mean, uh, what Clemson is Clemson running there? Uh, the guy behind ukulele that was supposed to be pretty good and looked decent yeah, last you, year. DJ ukulele's at Oregon State now, <laughs> and, and he got drafted in the MLB draft. Yeah, it's like the you know the late in round. The, I think the, literally the in the twentieth round. round. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be a disappointing season. I don't, I don't expect it to be like a magical one last ride though. So, no. I mean, tell those people, Dylan, that you're hearing that from that they're fucking absurdly dumb. Well, I will, uh, either way, I will keep my fingers crossed for a repeat of the 2007 season and all the craziness we got out of that. But, uh, uh let's move on to the fast pitch, which is supposed to be the hot take. This is pretty short and sweet. Uh, the BCS is better than the four-team college football playoff, Colin. See, I when I when you initially texted me this, I figured I had the slow pitch just because I know you verbalized that on multiple occasions. So I figured I'm like, all right, sort of rehashing that for the start of the football season with because it's like they're going to expand and all that shit. Um, from a, I think from a picking of team standpoint, yes. If you took the BCS formula method and applied it to the college football four-team playoff, that would be perfect. 
Oh, um, no, no, no. If you take the playoff still ruins it because you get all of the bullshit that uh, you get all of the uh, networks not wanting to expand the playoff because it's more fair, but wanting to expand the playoff because they can make more TV money off of it and, you know, do whatever they want to the game that we love to watch uh, to make a few more bucks. Yeah, but but a four a four team BCS playoff would would have solved a lot of stuff. I think the two teams was too few, which was my issue. But the issue with the football, like the playoffs, is that committee is maybe not like they haven't maybe made some just wrong decisions here and there. But like throughout the seasons that they've been apart, they've made some weird rankings here and there. Whoever the fucking goes and speaks to anyone has like the losses. Ha- yeah, I mean fucking quality <laughs> losses. Uh, having teams that lost to the teams ahead of like like head to head matchups not coming into play on ranking someone over someone else. So like I I think take away their ability to fucking choose shit, especially since they're also you know. Uh, attached to schools like there no matter what no bias bullshit they want to just send to you there's going to be bias and picking that shit too like ironically that, 2014 the very first year of the college football playoff i think was probably the best field uh ohio uh, state oh god where was it i just had it up here uh florida ohio state, state oregon, oregon. Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, because Jameis fumbled uh, on a hilarious ghost fumble. Was it? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah he just like launched year. one backwards. That would have been the next he, year, actually, wouldn't it have been? Because didn't Florida State win the first one? Oh, no, no, Ohio State won. Because it was Cardale yeah. did it. Yeah, Ohio State won the first one. I think it was Zeke Elliott, yeah. really, but yeah. And the, yeah, well, I know it was more so because they're on their third string quarterback. That's why yeah. I remember it. Um, but that's the same. No, that's the same year because what Mariota was still there, right? But yeah. that's the year Jameis. I remember because my dad and I, I, the start of my betting, I guess. So my dad and I sort of just had a friendly bet in the house for twenty bucks on uh, who was going to win that one. I just remember Jameis like dropping back, running like, and he's trying to get ready to throw it away and just fucking sent it the wrong way, <laughs> like a ghost bumble. So I, I remember that semifinal quite quite well. Um, I don't know. I think they put together some good ones. What uh, I mean, the year we lost in the fucking Rose Bowl to Georgia, where Georgia and Bama played, that's a very good I don't know who Bama – I couldn't tell you who Bama played prior. My, I feel like that could have been it's a like Notre Dame year. Washington. Yeah, I have no idea, dude. It, it wasn't a good game, I'll tell you that much. But, like, three uh, – you know, two out of the three games that playoff were good games, right decisions, you know. I – it just I I hate hearing the committee speak. Whenever they, they speak, they sound like they don't know what the fuck they should be doing, and that's what's like one of the worst things about the playoffs is having to hear them fucking speak and then hearing a, a fine bomb just cape for all the fucking SEC teams. Which I guess maybe I'll become a bigger fan here soon. They uh they need to bring back that original like 2013 2014 college football playoff committee with such names as uh, Condoleezza Rice, uh, Tom Osborne, uh, Archie Manning, and uh, Andrew Luxdad. <laughs> Jesus, I know. Uh, Castiglione was on one of the 
was on one of the committees. I, I if I remember they, correctly, they turn yeah, him over. They turn him over either every year or every couple of years. So I think it's like every two, maybe. Yeah, so I, I would. Like that, I would. That's what I would want to say, but I'm not 100 percent confident. I feel like that Iowa guy got multiple years for sure. I remember him annoying me a lot, at least <laughs> if if he did Which it all. Iowa one guy, year. like uh, Barda, I think. Oh, was Gary his name. Barda. Yeah. yeah, he's he uh, he retired this year. Yeah, good. Yeah, he was their athletic director. Yep. Uh, he got out of there at the right time, it sounds like. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I ain't got shit to say, boys. I wasn't there. I didn't know I'm gone. I think that's a perfect segue into uh, college football, our college football preview, where we'll look at uh, storylines, maybe maybe some Heisman favorites, maybe some conference winners. Uh, I'll touch, before I forget, I will touch on why I don't think Caleb Williams can win the Heisman this year. Short of going undefeated in the regular season, then uh, you know with the same level of play. But if they lose a single game, I think Caleb Williams is out of it just for the simple yeah. fact that nobody's going to vote for the same guy twice. Uh, yeah, it's happened they don't do once, it. but it's not going to happen again just because they won't. They won't do it. it they want to get uh, another brand out there. It's it's just it's one. It's not good for advertising. It's not good for business. And it's just it's the same shit as last year. They're not going to do that again. It, whether or not he deserves it is out of the it, it, you know he he might be the most deserving person, uh, you know after after we see the regular season. But the committee's not going to do it, or the voters yeah. you know aren't going to do it. But I feel so. I feel like it. That's almost like the this year's the perfect start for. But that's why I'll he's say. not worth plus five hundred. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I I would almost argue that it is. Um, I mean, it it it's. He's old. Who are they gonna? I'm looking at their schedule, and it's like, all right, they got Notre Dame, who's sort of a fucking up in the air one. Utah, who's obviously given them issues, but they lost their tight end. That was big reason, like a uh, bigger I mean, they're reason. Go than, like twelve and one or Washington I mean, or, could do, Washington. You know, give give a lot of Pac-12 teams a good day. Give Washington a good day, they could do it. Give uh, UCLA, Oregon, give UCLA a good day. Give you give Oregon State a really good day, and they could do it. Uh, weirdly enough, I don't think Oregon can. <laughs> but the thing is, I, we saw that the losses don't matter for him because they're clearly not on him primarily. Yeah, but it's it's so it's basically would, uh, you go you go first, Sam. Okay, yeah. So he he basically he just would need that extra punch to the narrative to overcome the voter fatigue is what we're getting at. I agree, Con. Like last year, him losing a couple games by the end of it was not really held against him because he played so well the whole and time. And arguably, but I'm just saying now you know it's going to take more, even if he deserves it, for them to give it to him. Basically, he's just going to need to win it by a larger margin. To get yeah, but I feel like he team. had more like actual competition last year, and obviously this is you know, but like looking at yeah. what who are the top quarterbacks to maybe be competing for a Heisman with him: Jaden Daniels from LSU, Quinn Ewers, uh, Florida State's Jordan Travis, and then the Clemson kid, Cade Klubnick. I you know, just saw his Daniels name from Kansas as well, <laughs> and uh, but, like, and uh, uh, athletic phenom. Jeff Sims, and you know, if, I don't know if I, I, if I should save it for the betting segment, but fuck it, it, it it's worth mentioning now. I out. think uh, the legitimate candidate for it 
is Marvin Harrison Jr. It just depends Absolutely. on the on the. And I saw him at plus two thousand for that shit. And I was I'm gonna I'll touch on it again I guess when we get to the betting or I'll just fucking say it now. But you know I I might get on that because plus two thousand. I think he has. He's the only guy with like the name and already that level of clout to where like people are going to jump on to that campaign. We've seen a receiver win it pretty recently in Devontae Smith. If you're good enough and there's not that standout quarterback, or maybe there's voter fatigue with the one standout quarterback, and you, you go, well, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. had just as good a season, and Caleb he just you know did it at a different position or whatever. Um, like I, I could see it. And he's he's he is that good too. And we've seen him. Yeah, no, I I think that's somewhere. You can get him plus three thousand some places. That's like uh, that's a fair point. I sort of I I guess I couldn't think of anyone off the off the top that was position player that I really thought could compete. But at the same time, his quarterback is you know up in like they probably have their starter listed. But like you don't know what you're going to get from that guy in his first year. And teams might like might just pretty much game plan that if especially if the quarterback doesn't look good in the first couple games against probably some shittier teams. All right, we're gonna just blanket Harrison. That's not Maybe. that doesn't work on Ohio State though, man. I mean they've got a, a Buka who's like also a first rounder. I mean I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Marvin Harrison's gonna get fed the fucking ball no matter how good or bad their quarterback is. Uh, they have yeah, not, I, I, not I, selected between Kyle McCord or Devin Brown yet. And Devin, uh, sorry, Marvin Harrison Jr. also is going to be taller than they, – they can double his ass, and he's going to be taller than both of them looking like Calvin Johnson just going up between them and saying, who gives a shit, I'm still the first guy to the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that is a like a valid one to throw in there. I, I just – I, I see what you're saying, just having the more steady track record. And I get the voter fatigue shit, but um, I don't know. I feel like the Heisman is really just quarterback dominant. And the guy who put up ridiculous numbers last year and has sort of a favorable schedule to do it again, um, being a generational fucking, pretty much generational draft pick, all that shit, he's going to be going out there and he's gonna he also especially after last year he's gonna be trying to make sure uh his defense can't lose him the game because they fucking get one stop and he goes flawless like which could get you know make him look shittier at times too it just i i don't like i don't like the plus 500 as betting futures in general but i i don't see how i i see the value there just from i how clear cut above everyone he had like that's he is this year yeah, that's fair. Sam, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, Jalen Daniel, uh, you'll never see. It. No, I know, and this this makes me a little bit upset. He could legitimately be the it, he. I, I'm putting out a hypothetical this season. If he was, even if he was legitimately the best player in college football, if they don't win 11 games and he's out of the conversation, you'll never have another Lamar Jackson where you go like eight and four, or nine and three in the regular season and win a Heisman. I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't see why not. Honestly, I mean, I I, I agree. I'm not like I have no part of me expects Jalen Daniels to win the Heisman. I think it would take just an, an absurd set of circumstances for that to occur. But I mean, Lamar Jackson wasn't that long ago. That was what like 2017 that he won his. Yeah, because he entered the, he mean, entered the league in 2018. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not as long as long as you're playing not at like a mid-major type of school. I guess you could argue that the in, in a couple of years, even the Big Twelve might be looked at at that level. That, but that I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, we got some Heisman conversation now. I did want to put out a storyline that I had mentioned. Uh, I think either at the end of the season or during the off season. Uh, I still think we are in for a very interesting couple of years, uh, you know, starting this year while watching what Matt Rule does at Nebraska and what Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, does at Colorado. Because these are two guys who, uh, if, you know, people think they're going to be successful. And I, I was really low on Deion Sanders when he first took over, but it seems like, you know, uh, people close to the team and people who – uh, people in the media who know what good football looks like, you know, think there's something cooking up there. Uh, so I, I do think, and they, you know, they even play each other this year to see where those go by uh, trying to put together a team that has been down for a long time in their own respective ways. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm still, I still think Matt Rule is definitely one you are. The one intrigued on storyline wise. Oh no, three it's of us. both. I mean, shit. Uh, Dion just had like the he just. Oh, I know. I know you're. I know you're interested in crime. He's like, he, like, hey, one of us fights, we all fight. Instead of breaking up a team fight, he got upset at the dudes who didn't fight. Which is oh yeah, no, I, no, I, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Is I think you're the only one of us three that give a shit about the Nebraska storyline. Um. <laughs> Dude, that's but, a team that's been down for a decade. And yeah, and it's going to be down for it. a no. decade in another couple years. No. <laughs> um, I am interested in, like, yeah, the Dion the one because either he's going to get exposed for being a shitty coach, which will be sort of funny, or he is about to continue to skyrocket his coaching career. And I lean it's going to be the first one. But... I think that one has more intrigue easily because his coaching aptitude's still up in the air for debate. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's he's gonna find out that it's a lot harder when you can't just out recruit all the teams you play. You can't just simply out recruit everybody and have a talent level you know several times higher than most of your opponents. Yeah, he was basically playing with with the salary cap turned off and in Madden or something <laughs> like that, where you just, you 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 get all the players that you want, and then you just go smack the shit out of the teams that have no plausible way to even compare <laughs> to your talent level and feel good about yourself for doing it. So it's kind of like being the White Sox. It's it, dude. Uh, no, what it is further from being get, the White Sox. No, I mean, I mean, getting slapped around by the teams who have money. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, we were not. <laughs> no. We are definitely not the team doing the slapping. I was like, I don't know where you got that idea. Yeah. No. Uh. Co- yeah. Dion at Jackson State is, and I know you guys don't follow soccer too much. Was the equivalent to Wrexham, the one that uh, Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds bought that were like out of like the top four leagues and they there. So there was no like financial fair play rules. So they were just bringing in like, not the top, top talent, but like better than the, a guy easily leagues better than the guys they were playing. And they won, they barely won their league to get promoted into like league two soccer. 
But that's what it. That's I think a pretty good equivalent to what fucking uh, Dion was doing at Jackson State, getting you know a number one recruit and all that shit, just because like no one else is going to those fucking like. I bet most of the guys that Wrexham was playing were having to contemplate quitting soccer for a real job. You know, while we're on that topic briefly, I just want to point out, Colin, that uh, my work IT knows what's up because they don't block Immaculate Grid, but they do block Immaculate Footy. Ah, uh, that's because it's probably it, – it's new. Uh, I don't it's know. Okay. Or, maybe, or maybe they're just like, you know what, you can waste your time on these others uh, during your break, but we're not letting you waste your time on this <laughs> bullshit. Respect. Hey, man. <laughs> it's the one I get to. It, it's 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 the one I get to feel best about most days. Why you get like your three your three grids as opposed to Sam and I's zero if we actually tried. Hey man, outside. So yesterday they did some bullshit yesterday. I'm pretty sure that I bitched to Sam. No, it was two days ago because I bitched on it on the car ride. They threw in a the women's <laughs> league. And, like women's <laughs> soccer and i was like no 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 none of that shit Dude. it's like throwing in a wnba fucking column you in know it what? In the the basketball grid, they should do wnba on on april fools <laughs> they should put together a wnba grid and just have like on the you know like uh on the side the right side where they do like stat lines or you know all pro or whatever they should just do some statistic that no WNBA players ever met, and so like it's an impossible it's an impossible box to fill. <laughs> I, I would I would say plays in multiple different leagues a year as one, and then would that be like every player? Yeah, it's like Brittany <laughs> Griner how she is going to Russia to go play basketball, and it's just like all the ones that have to play overseas in the off season because they don't get paid enough i mean basically for that grid i would just fill in i would i would wait i would basically try sue bird on every single square and if i got sue bird on one of the squares i would move over to Brittany griner tarasi um lisa leslie that, that's uh, the one who's that's the how one? i do who's that's why i do yager wasn't there like a like a Seven Up commercial or something with people stealing things, and they said like the best ball stealer of all time was some WNBA player that I can't remember. Lisa Leslie. Okay, is it okay? The one and the same. I gotcha. think that I think that was her. Well, that's why I do Yager on hockey for all of them. Is uh, is from backyard hockey, and then that's <laughs> why that's why I know Lisa Leslie. <laughs> Mostly why I know Lisa Leslie is because of backyard uh, basketball that they, they had her on there for the WNBA representation. <laughs> That's why I throw in Wayne Gretzky for uh, for a bunch of the Immaculate Grid Squares. I could name at least two members of the, uh, I believe it was like 2021 WNBA champion Chicago Sky team. I, I didn't uh, Elena Deladon. Was she uh, there? No, no, they got rid of her before that. It was Candace Parker, and I'm thinking of uh, Allie Quigley, who's uh, not nearly as good as Candace Parker. I should have remembered Candace Parker, but oh well. Uh, uh, we're now a WNBA podcast. I hope you guys are ready for that. Mm-hmm. The offseason is uh, <laughs> in full swing. And you guys are down to two hosts, if that's the case. <laughs> I, uh... Oh, no, we lost our soccer guy. <laughs> Okay, uh, back to college football. We talked a little Heisman. What, what are you guys? What are you guys looking forward to? I know we talked 
probably too much about, or at least I did, about what we're not going to like. But what are you guys looking forward to this season? I have never had more on the line for my multiple personal allegiances in one season than this season. So I'm just fucking all in, man. Dude, KU has the chance to arrive this year. And by arrive, I mean maybe go like eight and four. <laughs> and OU, in my opinion, season. with uh, uh, OU, <laughs> in my opinion, especially with the schedule they have, it absolutely has a shot to get back. Not necessarily to like contender status this year, but like Big Twelve contender status this year, in my opinion. And I'd be excited to see that play out. I honestly think they are going to be better than Kansas, if I had to guess. I, w- I would say KU, OU is probably the better team than KU. but And I don't believe they play each other. I could be wrong about that. But uh, they uh, they stack up fairly close. But I- I'm just excited as hell for both of them. I think there's a lot to be had from this season about is OU going to be ready for the SEC. You know, can OU – make up for last year's showing against Texas and then KU is returning like 90% of their production so we play like they, they're oh, we do okay yeah it's in it's in Lawrence right I, I, I believe so October 28th hey you can yeah, see in Lawrence you can see a 6-6 six nice. six KU take on a 6-6 six six Nebraska in the guaranteed rate bowl this bowl season I want seven. I want seven and five or better because we we went to we went at six and six to play Arkansas and lost in that like that close game. Um, I think it was overtime. I don't remember. It was it was good. I was there for it. I swear. But uh, they, uh, man, I, I want to see them actually have a winning record this year. So let's bring seven and five to the bowl game and make it a house money situation <laughs> if we could. It'd still be the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh huh. Hey, he's got some talent. Also, I was one, one last fucking point. Those running backs are good, man. Uh, James Neal and uh, and Daniel Highshaw, and they they've got some solid receivers. And plus, of course, Jalen Daniels, uh, Kobe Bryant, the corner, a couple other guys on the defense. Like, I, I'm I'm excited to see what what they can string together this year. Haven't seen anything like it since I was I was a kid, man. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't say I'm excited for OU because I don't want to get my hopes up too much. But the one thing I am excited about OU is I am ready for one last beating the ever-living shit out of Oklahoma State. No matter how bad our year is, it will not equate to how bad theirs will be. And that will they will probably be like a bottom feeder of of Big Twelve this year, in my opinion. Um, I don't think and that bad. Dude, I, I, I mean, their they're... offense was nothing last year. Yeah, I mean, like I towards the end. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I get that. There's <laughs> shit teams in the Big Twelve, though, I man. I mean. You have a disappointing, um, probably going to be a disappointing Baylor team, a TCU team that is probably the opposite of a playoff contender this year. Uh, but yeah, but like yeah, yeah, sure. They're they're you know TCU is going to be a letdown no matter what from last year. I still think Oklahoma State of like let's let's just exclude the new guys that came in will be bottom two of the Big Twelve if we did not bring in the other guys this year. I think. 
uh, record wise, who like both Kansas so, schools so you mean they're better gonna be than like, them. They're going to be number like nine. Yeah, I think yeah. it's possible. I gotta say, I Iowa, Iowa State would be one that I throw oh, yeah. down there, but West Virginia. I feel uh, like West Virginia is slowly getting bad. decent, though. They, They've yeah, gotten even improved over the past bad. couple of years. Oh, their their fans still hate their coach, though. Like I think the large, largely, I think they want to fire Neil Brown. But I think you maybe are right that they have a little weird optimism for next year. I feel I like, like they, they I, yeah, I feel off. like, and they, yeah, they, I, they, I, if they, I remember right, they had like a younger guy in there that could be decent for them. No guarantee. They but like, out Neil Brown doesn't drink and drive, and they're pissed. <laughs> He respects Catholics, and they just they can't get on board with it. I just don't see. I, I think Oklahoma State's going to be god awful. Like averaging in conference, probably fucking under twenty eight, if not under twenty one, a game. Like I don't think their offense is going to be able to do anything. I mean, their Alex defense Bowman isn't like horrifically bad. Yeah, and is that their transfer QB? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, I they're don't. a top I, yeah. fifty. I mean, I know this isn't this isn't directly for on the field success. They have like a top fifty recruiting class. Normally, teams that are going to be absolute dog shit, with the exception OSU of Nebraska, does. yeah, with with the with the exception of Nebraska. Normally, teams who are going to be dog shit don't have like don't have a top fifty recruiting. They're number forty one from last season. Or yeah, but this, this coming season, this coming season, there, I think they're looking at like they're in the eighties or something right now. Uh, well, for twenty twenty three commits are forty. They're forty third. Twenty twenty four is fifty six. Yeah, okay, they're they're making some some gains. Then there was a while that the, I was seeing some posts about them looking real rough yeah. on their recruiting. But how, but how many passing attempts do you guys think their starting quarterback uh, has? had in the past two years oh, probably like less than 20 but th- there's lots of teams that are going to be like that just because somebody's unproven yeah. doesn't mean they're bad automatically i mean look how well, many yeah, years when... in a row look how many years in a row ohio and uh, granted this is a little bit apples to oranges but look how many years in a row ohio state has trotted out some quarterback who's never played a down before at least for them and just immediately throws his way into the heisman conversation yeah but like how many like how many people do they actually have on their roster that's, like, worth a shit? I mean, I don't know. Do you take your chance with somebody who's unknown but has a lot of ceiling, or do you take your fucking chances with Dylan Gabriel again? Oh, I well. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel's yeah. better than Alan Bowman. I, dude, I would personally, if, if I, I would he... love to have our good pal Jackson Arnold just be the starter out the gate. But that's wishful thinking. I'm obviously very well known to be a big time Dylan Gabriel hater. But either this year he gets to not I wouldn't say prove me right because his first year was awful. But it, it fucking was not though. It was not. It was not awful. It wasn't incredible. It was not awful. He oh you I, I just I just honestly I just think it's it's it blows my mind how hard some of you guys and some of our fans come down on him. I don't think he's great, but like he just he did not blow most of the games that we lost last year, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I have to. I'd have to go really relook at the stuff. He just wasn't that good, though, and I people I mean, were expecting him to be better than he was. 
that, that uh, to me that was just basically a product of delusion for having forgotten what it looks like to not have the best offense and the best quarterback damn near every year just waltz in and light up the fucking country. Like I mean, that's uh, fair. There, that he was he was pretty good. Like our, I, I believe our our team passing statistics were pretty solid. He had a couple games. I think the Baylor game particularly, he fucked us in. Uh, like obviously, I mean, he's not going to go win you a national championship. But I mean, to me, him, him catching the flag for last season's results just doesn't make sense, man. I think- oh, he's not the only one I blame. I mean, I have a bigger issue with a different quarterback on this team. Uh, <laughs> I can even blame him for one of, one of the games. <laughs> but, like, God fucking damn it. I mean, TCU, he went 7 for 16. Oh, is that the one he got blown up in? Yeah, and left. he left that game hurt. That one I blame another UCF fucking shithead for fucking. Because he, he, that's the one he went out on the fucking pass and got, got blown up, right? No, that was Texas Tech. Oh, really? Oh, that was the end of the TCU, season? God. TCU game, he got injured and left, and that was like in the first or second quarter when we were oh, and losing. Did, and then and it looked smoked. like a head hunt, but yeah, yeah that, I, that's where I, we couldn't cover a pass 15 yards downfield. Yeah, I was traveling that game, so I actually didn't get to watch much of that TCU blowout. But um, no, the Texas Tech game in overtime, we ran that little Philly special <laughs> bullshit that got him absolutely speared by a guy who is now on our team. Now, you know what? It was cathartic to me. <laughs> Fair enough. It was not. It was. I was not delighted at the time, though, because it, it. Oh, I wasn't it's, either. It's cathartic for the half second until you remember what happens when Gabriel gets hurt, and we go. <laughs> I guess our tight ends are quarterback because Davis Bevel sucks fucking cock. <laughs> yeah, now that shit was all ridiculous. Just like I mean, he didn't. Looking at his stats, like he didn't play poorly. He just also was didn't not, win a Heisman. Like, didn't. Didn't I mean he put up respectable stats, but he just wasn't as good as I feel like even UCF propped him up to be. I feel well, like because by UCF standards, he was fucking fantastic. You know, yeah, and I I don't trust them. It's just like I yeah no I will say some of it is you know being just spoiled for years upon years of good quarterbacks, but God damn man I mean. The only good thing, he, like the best thing he did, was not have Davis Bevel be our starter all year. Yeah, I mean, I I would think that the games that he missed would 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 add some just jolt of gratefulness or that he did exist for us, man. Because holy shit, as soon as he as soon as he was off the field, I mean, that is a, a one win team we're throwing out there. <laughs> Yeah, I, fucking I cannot believe Davis Bevel has finessed two fucking teams into getting Get probably in. NIL up high along with scholars, just scholarships, not even playing time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that it's, – it's, it's one thing to get on as a, a backup in Pitt, but then to somehow parlay that into a transfer to a, a blue blood is unconscionable. I don't know what it looks like. They, did we ever make him throw a pass in a workout? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have no clue. I'm about to fucking look up his, like, career college stats because 
There's no way he's it's throwing gonna be, fucking thirty passes. It's gonna be like uh like homeboy for the for the Lions, uh Tim Tim Boyle. Where he had like yeah. a dog shit a dog uh-huh. shit college career. Somehow ends up in the pros. <laughs> ends up on a practice squad somehow and then parlays that into being a third stringer and ultimately starting a game for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> and this isn't like Owen sixteen Detroit Lions. This is like we might have a fucking shot at the playoffs next season, Detroit Lions. <laughs> you know what's insane? insane you know what's fucking <clears throat> insane? He apparently threw 30 passes for us last year. How many of those did he complete? Bevel did. 15. I could not That's tell you. I'm assuming <laughs> a lot of that was in, in the first game, right? Did we play him against, like, uh, whoever the hell it was that, that we played week one and beat the shit out of? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, there. That's a, g- a good point. Like, uh, you no, UTEP. He didn't throw the ball at all. Hmm. Uh, he threw it. He went two for two against Nebraska. Seven of sixteen. Seven of sixteen against TCU, and then six for fucking twelve against Texas. Uh, hey, Colin, what kind how of many yardage? If we if we threw you in some pads and put you behind the Oklahoma offensive line, how many how many passes could you complete in a season? Um, <laughs> I I feel like I could put up some Davis Bevel numbers. <laughs> Colin thinks, yeah, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> I guess I, at a certain point they'd start drawing him up like shovel passes where he can just like run the ROC rid of it. <laughs> Dude, our OC would have at our OC would have as much confidence in me throwing a forward pass as they do fucking Davis Bevel. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. I mean, they they call him Colin is going to look exactly like Davis Bevel, where they just go put him out split right like a receiver for <laughs> God fucking knows why. Why does he even have to be on the field at this point? But they just let him stand over there while we play ten on eleven with our tight end and fucking quarterback because the, <laughs> the coaches are so hopeless. I guarantee I'm a little shiftier in the wideout spot than Davis is. <laughs> I'm also 5'9", so it puts yeah, me at a real disadvantage. Yeah, I don't have the height, but I have, I feel like, what is, you know, better athleticism in the wide receiving position than he does. <laughs> that seems like a, a, a quite... I, I would more buy that you'd be able to complete passes than that you would be a better wide bet, receiver than I bet, Davis Bevel. I bet Davis <laughs> Bevel would kick your ass in one-on-one on the basketball court. I, I yeah, he's six six. No shit, he would. I think you would kick your ass at soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'd kick your ass I don't... at pretty much any sport besides. <laughs> I don't know, maybe like darts. Bowl- no, he'd probably kick your ass at darts. Maybe like bowling. Darts isn't a sport. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fair enough. We've we've been over that. And bowling yeah. isn't a sport. I got him in tennis Closer. and soccer. I f- I'd feel confident in. I highly doubt. <laughs> Highly maybe tennis because that's kind of a specific it's skill just set. If he's ever, yeah, if he's ever, if he's up ever a swung racket. any sort of racket, you are <laughs> fucked. If if he has ever picked up a racket, uh, yeah, I'd I'd say you're you're toast. If he's picked it up for if he, if he hasn't, it depends if it's three or five sets because I think by set two he's going to be putting them in between the lines and then he's just going to be way more big and athletic. And, and... I, I, I feel like you guys 
I, I, let's, you know, Sam, let's go play, you know, a, just a set of tennis. You know what? And I'm not, I'm not a whole... D1 quarterback, dude. You know, well, no, what I'm saying is, knows. like, he, Davis if he has no talent. doesn't have a whole lot going on, right? So, like, if you wait till <laughs> after the season and he doesn't have to, like, be at film and everything, we could, we could. Why wait? He, he doesn't need to watch film. We could probably He's just standing and fucking no, out he, on the he, right he hash. Know, he has to know the, the signs, you know, the. The signs are get the fuck away from the ball. Pretty much, they're all they're telling him. I feel like we could make this happen next off season. Davis Bevel, if you end up hearing this, fuck you. No, no, we'll tweet at him. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, if any are open, I'm on it. Uh, do we... I'm not sending anything now. I'm just checking we've, for future. We've been out this for over an hour. Do we want to hop into Colin's capping corner for the first time in several, several episodes? Why the I'm fuck always not? Uh, we really don't have any past bets because we haven't been betting a lot except for except for Colin. Um, so we just want to do futures, right? They're not futures, but, you know, uh, week zero slash futures slash whatever you guys are feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, if we need to, guys, we can't wait. You cannot oh, message. Oh like wait, it's... he's got. Oh, he's got bullshit where it's you cannot message this user because you are not verified. Oh, uh, we have to get Twitter Blue to harass but Davis. Didn't, Bevel. They, didn't they close? Can you not? Can you still buy Twitter Blue? I thought they like closed it down at one point because too many people Did were they? faking shit. I didn't know that. Dude, he's got to change his fucking bio and what about, fucking what about, name. We could DM him on Instagram. Thrower of the football at Oklahoma. Bullshit. Uh, DB <laughs> the QB. No, it's DB the fucking sad wide receiver. God damn. Yeah, we could probably slide into his Instagram DMs. You know what bullshit I think they If I remember right, OU did like a... An April Fool's post where they said, like, uh, General Booty was moving out to tight end. Dude, I would have absolutely, if you said it was Davis Bevel, I would have been like, one, thank fuck, I don't want to see him behind the line ever again. Two, it's believable because we all witness his inability to play quarterback. They'll, uh, no, no, they'll, they'll, they'll move him to tight end, line him up in the H-back position, and have, like, a direct snap where he has to throw the ball as a trick play. He'll oh, fuck God. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, circling back just for a second to, to the idea of who would be a, a better, uh, who has more athletic ability at the wide receiver position between you and Davis Bevel. Do you yeah, think. Yeah, the 6'6 six, six guy. Yeah, yeah. I think, mean. Do you think that. No, height, height being irrelevant here. Do you think that Davis Bevel could have a handful of beers, pop in an edible. Go into my backyard and run a handful of uh, <laughs> fucking sluggos and hitches and streaks, and then come in without throwing up in my bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure he could. I'm I'm really wanting to say those gummies were just bad, and I wasn't in a bad crossfade spot because those, those gummies were old. But I, uh, you know, he might survive. He might not. I don't know. Um, I will say one of my favorite uh, uh, going doing routes in the backyard was uh, Sam lined up on defense for me, and I just straight up, and we're talking his backyard where it's like fucking honestly 10 yards, maybe 15 at best, and I just went burn route, and he was like, you really going to run a burn route on me? And fucking, I burned him. 
great. That's a whole story. I know. Guys, Davis Bevel would have burnt me by top of your athletic form. (laughs) Davis Bevel would have burnt me by more than Colin did in my backyard. (laughs) Just just saying. David Davis Bevel would also run the cage. So (laughs) that is that is true. I ran the cage, but who's Uh, (laughs) Colin's cabin corner? All right, Dylan, lead us off. I know you are a, a very eager and very much on week zero bets more than us, so uh, actually fire not away. super heavy on week zero bets, but I do have a lot of futures that I want to lock in now. So I have uh, – give me Navy plus 21. Uh, that's, uh, that's minus 115. And Colin, I'll send you all this stuff uh, when it, when it yes, comes please. up. Yes, uh, please. That's, right that's the Ireland game. This is versus Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame be- uh, uh, deserves their uh, number 13 ranking, I believe. I, I agree. And wasn't it last year at the beginning of the season where Navy almost took Notre Dame all the way? So <laughs> let's do it again. Are we uh, sure they didn't beat them last year? Uh, no, 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 Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. That's who I'm thinking. And, I'm sorry, uh, Notre Dame eked them out. Uh, but and then the other one, I am less confident in. But the bet's already placed. I have Hawaii at Vanderbilt. And I took Hawaii plus seventeen and a half. That one I could really see coming to bite me in the ass. But on the other hand, it's Vanderbilt. Hawaii's also garbage, but uh, we'll, we'll take it. It's minus one hundred eight. Uh, and then here are my futures, uh, basically just win totals. We talked win totals at a future at a, or a previous uh, podcast, but these are the ones I'm locking in and putting money down on today. Uh, so some of the lines have changed. So I have uh, I have Nebraska over six. Um, that gives me a push if they go six and six as I uh, as I expect. Um, that's minus one fifty. Give me Illinois over six and a half. I think that they are a seven win team. They could be the class of uh unfortunately the class of the big 10 west uh and then give me duke under six and a half no way they're getting bowl eligible uh and then this last one is kind of a not wishful thinking well it is a little bit wishful thinking give me georgia under 11 and a half they just have to drop one they just have to drop one I don't. I think that's a decent bet, honestly. Yeah, no. How long I can just... they just never fucking lose, man? They're gonna lose at some point. Oh, and then also by flyer, uh, I took Nebraska Big Ten champs plus six thousand. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Nebraska B ten. I had actually looked at that uh, that Vandy game myself, and and come to sort of the opposite side of it. So. Uh, was that it for your shit? Am I going to roll yes. into mine? Nope, you're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, I've got uh, I've got a teaser. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big teaser guy, as y'all know. Um, and I was trying to find something to put together on week one. Um, I've got Vandy um, teased down to 11 and a half, which I don't really love the number there, but uh, just taking what I could get because I saw I, – I didn't really realize I had the same – thought as you i mean i have no respect for vanderbilt but i went and looked and saw that they apparently had actually uh, won a couple of games I, I don't really recall like late in the season against sec teams like kentucky uh, and somebody else they dog shit. The, kentucky didn't deserve yeah but I, last year but i mean basically vandy had vandy had been a, almost a cut below as far as dog shit in some recent years and it seems like they're starting to get into that more just like in the mix of of bottom sec dog shit 
And with how bad Hawaii is, I honestly feel like that's a, the sort of game that could be a multiple scores spread differential by the time it's all over with. But I was really just looking for a tease partner to put in with San Jose State plus 37 at USC, which I also <laughs> honestly don't feel phenomenal about because yeah. I, I won't put it past Lincoln to put up 60 and hold them to 20. But San Jose State has been fairly respectable of, of late. I don't really know their outlook coming into this year, but it's just one of those things where I feel like, obviously, it's not going to be a close game. USC is going to go out and look good and score a ton of points. Uh, but I, I just feel like I have a hard time seeing them not giving up, you know, three touchdowns over the over the, over the the run of that thing at some point. That's just kind of the way they do business, whether it all kind of comes – half of it comes in garbage time or some shit like that. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to, to bet that one have to be petty, so <laughs> weigh that in. Um, uh, another super um, clear-headed bet here. I've got the Oklahoma Sooners winning their conference as well. Not quite as ambitious Ooh. as Dylan's uh, Nebraska bet, but not as Oklahoma, juicy either. Yeah, plus four twenty is what I got the Sooners at. That is the second oh. it behind behind Texas. Um, and I mean, dude, I just I just don't think it's that crazy, man. I don't think Quinn Ewers is is so good that that us or that texas is going to be impossible to take down uh, they you know they don't have Bichon anymore they're still going to have talent at running back they're going to be a good team but i don't think it's remotely crazy to think we could beat texas this year and if we do it then i don't see what stands between us and winning the big 12 with the, the way the rest of the schedule looks i mean yeah even even if we lose the regular season to them I could see us clearing out everything else to give us that rematch to win the Big 12. So Yeah, it's not, not impossible either. I agree. And the last thing I have here that I, I had written down, we actually touched on uh, directly earlier in the episode, but was Marvin Harrison Jr. as a Heisman candidate. He was the only one that came off the, that jumped off, off the page at all to me uh, as a good bet, opposed to Caleb Williams. Like I, I, I had a hard time thinking Drake May – is going to be worth it, or Jaden Daniels, or Jalen Daniels. <laughs> um, but I, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. legitimately has the talent. We've seen it go to a wide receiver. We, we know that he plays for a phenomenal receivers coach, now promoted to OC and Brian Hartline. Uh, Ohio State consistently show, has multiple guys have very productive seasons with good numbers. And like you've said, Dylan, any motherfucker goes in at quarterback for Ohio State and things generally keep moving. So I, I feel like things are set up very well for Marvin Harrison paired with the voter fatigue to go grab the Heisman this year. I agree. And you got him at plus All two right. grand. If you shop around, I, I understand you can find him at plus 3,000. Very so, nice. I only have three. They're all uh, to win conference futures. Um, and one of them is OU as well. I need to go shop around because the first site I saw had him at plus 350. So clearly uh, not as good value as Sam has him at. So I need to go f- shop around for that shit. The other two are a little less Homer based. Um, in fact, one's a full heel turn of my tendencies. Florida State plus 153 to win the ACC. Um, Clemson's slightly ahead of them on odds, but I think it's going to be a two-man race between the two. And if anything, I can sort of potentially hedge out 
pretty early on in the season because they play each other, um, I believe, in week four or some shit. Yeah, they play. They open the year against LSU. Then they play uh, their first conference games against Clemson. And if I don't like what I see like against LSU, I can sort of just bet on Clemson in that matchup to hedge out of that bet for a future. Um, from that, though, my other future is LSU to win the SEC. Um, I know... I know. Well, Dylan, you, I know you're a big LSU guy. Last year, and how you thought Brian Kelly was going to come to the table. I think he's gotten um, better. I'm still bold with. I mean, I'll say what everybody. Yeah. I'll be the person I hate and say very bold with Georgia there. Georgia and Bama. Um, but it is what it is. I think it's definitely one that could, you know, go their way. They have the established quarterback. Um. They have just a little more pieces there that have been around longer, and maybe Brian Kelly's system figures it out. Um, that one is at plus 405, which I think is a bit of a shitty odds, but is what it is. I think the other two guys with their quarterback questions are intriguing to bet against. Yeah, I, I want to go back on that. I do think that Florida State uh, LSU game is going to be uh, just as good as it was last year because I think both those teams have taken I think both those coaches especially have taken the step to be successful in the uh, you know the, 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 their new schools to you know they, they've taken that next step where we're not so much wondering about them anymore it's more what are you going to do next for me so I uh, yeah that'll be a fun game I don't disagree with that but I think LSU's got a tough road to hoe to get there Oh, yeah. I mean, betting on anyone that's not Bama or Georgia to win that SEC, one is just, I think, a bold pick in general. And two, it's never going to be easy. But I think they had, with with a more experienced quarterback, maybe with Brian Kelly in there fully for a year, all that sorts itself out for him. Even though I'm not the biggest Brian Kelly fan, I was just sort of looking at the odds in that conference and outside of Georgia, I think they're the third best team there and all it takes is you know a good day or two to really pull pull apart to get that done alrighty is that what you got Colin that is all I got uh, nice little warm up for the next coming months alright any last words gentlemen alright uh, in that case, uh, that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at three planes SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet and keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcast from. And remember quitters never win big and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs>